Welcome to Season 4 of the Powered by Rock Podcast. We'll bring you the best stories in rock music with a focus on highlighting independent rock musicians and their music from all over the world. No, rock music isn't dead. It's getting better and better. It's just time for you to start paying attention again. With that said, let's get this party started. The mountain's gonna rise and fall by me. Hello and welcome to the Power by Rock podcast. We're going to be speaking with one of the coolest guys in the punk rock scene in Sam King of Get Dead and the newly created genre-blending punk hip-hop pod project. That's a mouthful. Co-defendants oh. today. Get Dead oh. has evolved from an acoustic punk rock band to a more up-tempo sound over the last couple of albums, sort of like layering some rancid on top of social distortion, in my own opinion. But in the process, making something totally new and incredibly hyperactive in a live setting. Over the last couple of years, Sam also got linked up with Chesky Ramos, to after helping raise some funds to release him from prison and the friendship turned into the new hip hop punk sounding style that is labeled crime wave, which I find is to be awesome to form the co-defendants with fat Mike of no effects rounding out the lineup. I'm super pumped to talk to Sam today about all of this and more because he is one of the single most interesting people in the punk scene today. Hey, Sam, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me, man. How you doing? That's quite the, quite the intro. Thank you very much for that, man. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to just be like, Hey, this is Sam. He's in a band or whatever. Like, you know, yeah. go well, check I mean, his music out. Yeah, that's how most people try to do their their own intros. It's like, oh, don't do it. <laughs> Always get yourself a hype man. <laughs> yeah, straight up, man. A manager. Always have a manager. Yeah, manager, exactly. The manager, you start uh, realizing that is like you start being in a band longer and longer. They like the main the main function of a manager is to be the asshole. Yeah. Like, you got to get fucking paid or they're short on money or you fucking, you need something or something. You'd rather have the manager going and being a dick than somebody in the band because then yeah. you don't like the band. Yeah. And so. Yeah, exactly right. It's like, you got to do the dirty work, but uh, you don't want to do it. And they want, you want to come back, but it's like, I don't want to have to deal with that manager's like, well, he's kind of our manager. We're not going to get rid of him. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's just, you know how he is. You know how managers are. Yeah, are exactly. Guys have a, have to have a fall guy. <laughs> That's, that's, I didn't want to say it. <laughs> well, I want to talk first about Get Dead because I find I find that you know the music obviously, like I mentioned in the intro, it has evolved over the years. I mean, it was and it kind of still does have that acoustic punk rock vibe to it, but you did layer a lot more up tempo, more electric guitar. And when I've seen you live, obviously you're not just playing you know folk rock or anything like that. Yeah. So what what was the kind of like? The decision was there actually a, a like a, a turning point, or did you guys just decide, hey, we're gonna just like start seeing what it sounds like with, with like a more up tempo and and start throwing some electric stuff on it uh, that's not fully acoustic? I think it, I th honestly I think it was just like a um, it was just like a natural progression. I mean, we've been a band for like for way too fucking long. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think it was like two thousand seven or something. Yeah, dude, I don't even know the math on that shit, but it's <laughs> but it's like over ten years for sure. So. I mean, the first the first um, EP that Get Dead ever did ever did was called. Uh, it was just a self titled, and it was all like it was all electric. It was hardcore, yeah, almost. You know, it was like thrash, like that. And then the next one we did was Letters Home, which was acoustic, but it was only acoustic because we didn't have any fucking money to do the electric shit anymore. We're like, damn, that shit was expensive. <laughs> and with, with the acoustic shit, you know, we could like do all the pre pro stuff like at our house, yeah. and then bring it in there and just get it mixed is which we did with uh, Josh Garcia 
at um, at uh, fuck, what's the name of that studio? It's in the Tenderloin. Yeah, uh, uh, High Street Studios. Okay, that's where like Tupac did a bunch of shit. Santana, they did yeah. digital underground there. It was just like this history there. So we loved working there, but like it was pretty expensive. But for some reason, the the Letters Home album, you know, it, it didn't like blow up, but I mean, people liked it a lot. Got recognition, yeah. Yeah, but from that day forward, we have always been called an acoustic folk punk band. Yeah. I was, I, mean, I was kind of worried about that because, like, if, if I say this, I feel like I'm going to be an asshole just by saying that because I don't consider you guys to be like an acoustic punk band, like Social Distortion, for example. No, no one and no one has ever come and seen a Get Dead show has ever been like, damn, that's a good folk acoustic band. <laughs> Get Dead has probably played all together maybe, like, in the 11 years we've been together, we played, like, five acoustic shows. Yeah. Maybe. And that's because they were, like, you know, at a socks fucking skateboard tent at some festival or like inside yeah. a record shop that we couldn't get loud at. So um, I, it's funny to me. I mean, at the beginning, it's, it was bumming me out because they were comparing us to like, it was saying Irish folk oh, punk. Yeah. And I'm like, Irish? The fuck? I don't know. One green clover fucking, you know? Like I'm Irish, I guess. I'm, you know? I don't, know what the, I don't even know what the fuck I am. So <laughs> get that was kind of like weird. And then Still to this day, people like, I don't know how many new press releases we've done and how many times we've like gone over this with people and every fucking time, like even on this last run with no effects, they even fucking know us. I don't even know who their PR person is, but like there's some newspapers here where they're just like, also, you know, with support by Bad Cop and acoustic folk punk, get dead. <laughs> with an exclamation mark. Oh, what the fuck is this exclamation mark? And what the fuck is this, you know? This folk I punk. think the exclamation point means like uh, it's it's really hardcore acoustic folk or, or punk. <laughs> I mean, it's so hardcore that there's no acoustic instruments. Yeah. Or, <laughs> well, and I guess the drums, the drum set technically is acoustic, but yeah. Yeah, it's but we amplified. got now, so you know. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why I kind of I thought it was weird. Every time I kept seeing it, I was like acoustic. And I'm, I'm like, I remember when they came out with like the first album, but I don't remember like heavily listening to it because I like at the time I was like not super like delved into punk because I kind of did like a 10 year break for some reason. Um, well, but I, I, what was that? A, it gets to be a lot like listening yeah. to listening to like one genre for a long time. Well, you know, you get uh, like music fatigue. I yeah. did it. You know, I went through a phase a couple years ago where I was buying nothing but like, you know, like 19 fucking fifties and sixties oldies, seven inches. And yeah. ten he was like, oh, this is great. And then like I'm just like, I got to a point where I couldn't even hear that shit anymore. Every time I heard it, <laughs> oh God. It would give me anxiety because it, it made me feel that at any moment I would have to get up and go flip the record over because they're seven inches. <laughs> it's the worst way to listen to music of all time. I have like two turntables with a mixer in it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I, I keep telling people that about vinyl. I have vinyl obviously behind me, but I'm like, I still don't have a record player because I'm like I just don't like to get up. I don't really like to get up to flip a record over. And that gives you at least five or six songs on the side. And I'm like, yeah, for set of inches, I'm never going to play that. Like, I remember having to like switch DVD or uh, VHSs back when like somebody was like, Godfather's like three, three VHSs long. I'm like, I don't want to do that anymore. That's why we got digital. <laughs> like I just bought it. It's like, why? Cause I just bought a boom box. Like one of these new, like it's a huge one. But it's got Bluetooth on it. It plays cassettes yeah. on it. I just realized that there's a CD fucking thing in the top. It's like put CDs right in. Yeah. I'm like, this is great. They like improved on the technology. 
So with records and how hot, like vinyl is like the best selling shit right now for some reason. God knows why. And cassettes, you know, same shit. You got to flip them over. But at least like my boombox will flip the cassette by itself inside of it. You would think all this vinyl resurgence going on that they would bring back the little fucking record flipper that did it itself. Exactly right. But like mini jukebox style for like a single record, basically. Yeah, Yeah, straight up. But, you know, or, or even just like, you know, I guess they have like Serato and stuff that comes with the vinyl plates that you could put on there. So technically you could just play a Serato record and have your iTunes playing through it. You know, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. People like vinyl. I'm glad that they kind of like it. It's giving us um, more opportunity, especially with like the, the co-defendants releases is where we're really into the, um, like the whole experience of the album like what the last one we just released, I think I think it's on, I think it's the actual, uh, this is Crime Wave, the new one. You have to like destroy the fucking album itself, but it'll turn, you can make it into a stencil, a code oh, of wow. stencil. We have 10 inches where the back is all jarbled up and you have to like cut it up. And if you fucking can figure out which three records you got to cut up to put together, it makes something that you can like, take a picture of that will bring you somewhere. And then wow. you get there. there's like a fucking a big Easter egg for the first person to get it. But it's wow. like back when, when you get these, this digital shit, you don't get nothing. You, yeah. get a little, you know, you get a little fucking QR code. Like I like having the booklet. Yeah. I, I, that's, I love everything about the physical copies except for playing the music part. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you get to make the booklet and the art and do everything with it. But then you're just like, yeah, put that shit on the Bluetooth speaker. It sounds better. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. outside with this motherfucker yeah and, and and i absolutely i think vinyl is is great i like i love the, the fact that it's coming back because it helps people be able to afford tours it helps people be able to like actually make money with their own music they don't have to distribute through like a, a giant record label anymore to actually be able to earn a living and stuff like that so that's pretty cool straight up like and that's yeah. a that's a big thing that um artists and stuff are doing now it's you don't the the whole the whole model of record label and artist and all that stuff was has been so antiquated yeah. for such for such a long time. But I mean, I'll give it to those motherfuckers. They they're they're on their shit. Like right right when you figure it out and you're like, okay, this is what we're gonna do, they fucking move, you know, the goalposts back more. Yeah. It's like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna just DIY it or do our own distribution, or we just wanna use you for distribution. Then they came out with 360 deals. Yeah. They're like, okay, well, oh, if you're gonna get that, oh, you guys are gonna start getting paid. Well, we just devised another way to take all your fucking money. Yep. You know? so, but now yeah, for anyone who doesn't know what 360 deals is, basically every way that you make money, they'll make money and then they'll double it back on other money that you already earned and other stuff. Basically, you're getting screwed for everything that you ever make. Hence the hence the word 360. You yep. just fucked by all angles. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. but it, it's it's nice though. I think with the um with like the advancement of like home recording shit, like you can get really clean recordings out of stuff yeah. with um, stuff like, um, you know, Big Cartel or these like websites that aren't very much money to host your own shit where people can go. If yeah. you can get out there and like you have the drive and want to work for yourself, you can make rent making music now. Yeah. Which is like, yeah. there's been a lull for the past, I would say probably like 15 years where if you weren't out there on the road, fucking you know what we call death marches where you're like yeah. playing fargo on tuesday night 
to three people praying that you sell four records so you can get gas to get the fuck out of Fargo. <laughs> I grew up in North Dakota, so I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> and check you out. You got as far from fucking Fargo as you could, as you yeah. should. Yeah, I lived in Bismarck, which is about 300 miles away. And I was like, as soon as I graduate, I'm getting the fuck out of this state. <laughs> it's kind of cold out there, bro. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's still snowing and it's almost, it's like April now. So yeah, fuck that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I think one of the, the cool things about you in general as a, as a artist, as a musician is that you don't tend to kind of coalesce to a government or an authority or the idea of this is how things should be. You're pretty much go out there and, and do things the way that you want to do it. And if something, you know, doesn't go your way, like it's, it's on you, right? Yeah. Well then you don't, you don't have anybody to point your fucking finger at that way. And I mean, you don't, I mean, I don't, I don't have any delusions of grandeur about shit. I mean, I grew fucking grew up in a trailer, you know what I mean? I'm in a mansion in Vegas. Like this shit can all be over tomorrow. Yeah. And if it, and if it does, if it does in fucking tomorrow, I want to be able to go back to like painting houses being like, I did exactly what I wanted to do. I'm not, a, I'm not ashamed. Or I didn't cut any corners morally or ethically for like getting there. I always try to stay like respectful and be grateful for what the fuck's going on. And in all actuality, I, I just laugh at these fools and take this shit super seriously, especially on like the festival tour when you're seeing these bigger bands and like seeing these egos and attitudes going off. It's yeah. like, it's like, bro, we're fucking in pursuit of a fucking dream that we put in motion when we were teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a four year old man just now actualizing a teenage dream. And yeah. when you sit and fucking think about that, it's like, you really can't be getting up in arms because they didn't put your whiskey backstage, motherfucker. <laughs> like, like, you get you your know, own goddamn whiskey. Or <laughs> down the street, go boost it if you don't have any fucking money. <laughs> so, and I think that it's like, it's also, um, it's also with like punk rock and, and hip hop stuff. I've always like held these things very high. They've always been there for me when I was a kid. And like, you know, they got me through shit. They fucking, you know, they gave me the fucking, the juice to like go down 10 stairs for the first time. They gave me the juice to fucking show up to my first after school fight and say, fuck it, let's go, yeah. you know? Like, so it's like, I feel like, a, um, like I owe both of them like the utmost respect and to not let cornball shit infect the scene more than it already has. Yeah. Because I mean, we all know that there's some cornball ass shit going on. <laughs> yeah. And I will say, I, I guarantee you, you have hundreds and thousands, not hundreds of thousands, but hundreds and thousands of people who probably listen to your music and feel the same way about, you know, get dead, got me through this time of my life, get dead. And, and now co-defendants is like, this shit, like these guys get me because they are doing exactly living the life I have. I mean, I grew up yeah. like my family grew up in a trailer park, too. I was like, yeah. I always call ourselves poor white trash. I'm like, we don't have it better than anyone else. Like there's there's yeah. nothing fun about being that broke. No, there, there's not. It's like I'm I don't give a fuck. I'm a bougie ass dude now. Like I'm yeah. 41 years old and I'm going to stay at a nice ass hotel if I've got the fucking money. I have no money. Right now, my bank account is like one hundred and thirty dollars negative. <laughs> because I'll get like a, a windfall of cash. Like I'll get like, you know, go play a show and make fucking a couple grand. And I got two grand in my pocket. I'm like, we all going to have steaks tonight. Yeah. You know, <laughs> steaks and forties. Let's go. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta save your money for what? I'm not here to collect money. Yeah. You know what I mean, it's like, I want to, 
I want to be bougie. So it's funny, like, you know, I've got it into it with some, you know, some fucking like gutter punk kids and shit before where they're just like, oh, you guys are going to the hotel. It's like, yeah, motherfucker. I'm not going to hang out in a fucking dumpster with fucking <laughs> who's got fucking herpes. Like, you clearly have all over your mouth, motherfucker, to drink box wine. And you got dropped off here in a fucking Mercedes player. So shut the yeah. fuck up. Yeah, you know, yeah. I grew up in like the Bay Area. We saw these kids get dropped off in Berkeley and SF and like nice ass cars. And then like go in front of Amoeba and start spanging for change. So they go <laughs> act like a hardcore in the park. Like, man, miss me with that shit. This is ridiculous. But yeah. I mean, kids see what the kids are going to do. You know, yeah. I'm just, I'm a bougie ass bitch now. And I'm going to fucking, I'm going <laughs> to It's know? like, you're not going to catch me in a, a barrel burn or anything. <laughs> we got central heating. I'll light some shit on fire. Don't get it twisted. I'm from the country. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm not, I will fucking, I will steal a car before I sleep outside again in the building. Yeah. yeah I can tell sure. you, I'm willing to go to jail to stay warm. Is how yeah. <laughs> so I think the, the one thing that I feel is a pretty common denominator between all of your musical projects and, and just kind of the, the general direction of your mu music is that you pretty much don't have a fondness for government, police, other institutions, politicians in general, and, you know, obviously other institutions that have a, a history of mistreating marginalized groups, obviously, in this country. Um, it's not to say that you only talk about politics or society issues, but that seems to be kind of a common thread that kind of weaves it through itself. I was just curious, is there anything that kind of ignited that in, in, in with you, within you personally, or was that kind of just like a bunch of things that happened over the years, or how did that come to be? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was just, it, it's just like the normal, you know, fucking poor kid upbringing and shit. You know, my mom went to prison a few times. She killed a man and like I had to go live with my, my grandparents for a while and then like get reintroduced to my mom. And so like I always, you know, went to visit her in prison and I just kind of just like since then, it's just like left a bad taste in my mouth and growing up just like watching how like the, you know, the police would like sheriff showing up at our house and the way that they would treat me, they would treat my mom and the friends and like, you know, it, it just, it puts hate in your heart with that shit. Yeah. And then it gets to a point where it's like, you start getting older and you start realizing that like, yo, when I see a police car next to me, I, I don't even have a criminal record. I haven't even done anything, but their presence makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. It's like GSD. It's like, I don't like them. Uh, I don't like the shady shit that they do. I don't think that, um, I don't think that like, I know that it's necessary, much like religion. Like if anybody believes that there's a fucking man in the sky keeping notes on you, got more power to you. Yeah. I want you to think that they're keeping notes on you. Cause if you believe that shit, if he wasn't there, what the fuck would you be doing? Yeah, you know, exactly. Be, yeah. So, I mean, do we need, do we need law enforcement? No, I don't think so. I don't think that anybody should be put in a fucking cage because the registration on their vehicle is out. Yeah. And they weren't even doing it. Like for instance, single mom, three kids, two jobs, can't pay the fucking registration because she had to pay rent and get groceries for the kids. Gets pulled over on the way to her fucking second job of the day. Cause she has no registration on her car yet. She didn't run a red light. She wasn't speeding She's obeying the law. Cops pull over. She fucking gets her car impounded. Can't make it to work. Loses her job. Now she's got court. She can't get to court because she got three fucking kids at home. So what did she yeah. get? A, a bench warrant. What do they do next time she gets her name run? Boom. She goes to fucking jail into a cage because of a sticker on the back of a fucking car. That she was, you know, I don't think yeah. that law, that's not law enforcement. 
That's yeah. money. You know, that's yeah. fucked up. Now, do I think yeah. somebody, somebody's a fucking rapist, a pedophile? Somebody's going to break into somebody else's home and steal their shit that isn't theirs? Like, do they need to be fucking enforced on? Absolutely. But I also think that there's people that want to complain about this shit all the time. And nobody has a uh, has any suggestions of what to do. Defund the police. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool, motherfucker. Then what? Yeah. Then you get like what's happening up in Portland and shit. They got whole zones in there that are fucking chaos. My buddy yep. sends me videos of crackheads just shooting heroin in his car when he's trying to go to work in the morning. Yep. Buddy of mine lives up in Oregon too, up in Portland. And he was like, I just about got mugged by a freaking crystal meth addict while walking my dog. I was like, Jesus. Yeah. It's like, at like fucking noon, like, yep. you know what I mean? And you got to sock those people in the face. Fuck them. Yep. But in order to stop this, what could you do? All right. My thoughts. If you're a cop, you got a fucking police in the neighborhood that you fucking work in. Give them fucking 10 blocks of that neighborhood. You're yep. more likely not to pull over that single mom. That's got three jobs with the kids for the sticker because you know her. Your yep. kids go to school with her kids. You understand what's fucking happening there. You're not going to be doing fucking shady shit. And if you do do shady shit, everybody in that community knows your ass. Yep. As you go on fucking cutting half of the fucking assholeism right there in half. You want fucking cops to quit shooting fucking people? Quit being fucking aggressive? Make those fuckers do fucking 10 hours, 12 hours of fucking jujitsu every week. Make them roll with other people and be fucking humbled. Yeah. Don't give, don't give them 150 hours of weapons training and then 15 hours of hand-to-hand -hand combat training. Yeah. No hours of fucking how to fucking de-escalate people with mental health issues or people that are just having a bad fucking day. Don't yeah. give them any training. Just teach them how to fucking back, 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 back. What do you think's going to happen, dude? Yeah. And so as much as they, they, they think that they're like, you know, the, the police are enforcing the law, really they're, they're creating laws as they make things happen because they're like, well, this is, you know, in my estimation, this is breaking this law, but it's like, you're not actually the judge. So you don't get to make that determination on the spot. You just need to make sure this person is seen they, before a court of law. But they do. I just got off yep. two days ago. I just got off of my parole and it was, it was for a felony assault on three people that were trying to fuck with us in LA. And it was three fucking grown men running their mouth and I fucked them up and I got the cop immediately charged me with three felony assaults when three felony intimidation of witnesses. Yep. Because the cops were across the street and I pointed at them and I said, if you guys keep fucking barking, those men will not help you. Yeah. And, and that was intimidation of witnesses. But the cop, the cop's not the judge. Why does yep. he get to say, oh, this is a felony? Motherfucker, you don't get to put that on me. But now I'm now I'm in jail though. So it's like I can it was a hundred thousand dollar bail. Yep. If I didn't have fucking 10 grand to get out, I would have sat in that fucking jail until I had court. And all that court would have done is say, hey, what's what happened the first court date I had? They said, this is a preliminary hearing. We'll see this again next month. Clack, clack. Back to holding. Back to jail, yep. So you're not proven innocent until guilty. You're fucking guilty locked in a cage until you're proven innocent. Yep. So this is where my whole authoritarian anti-cop fucking shit comes through. It's like you, you're pissing in our face telling us it's raining. This whole thing is based on privatization of fucking jails and making money. And then the state being in cohorts with the fucking privatized company, which is supposed to be illegal. You know, you see, we're telling us to separate God and state, right? Well, the, the separation of God's the constitution motherfucker. It says in God, we trust on the money. Yeah. It says God, you say, you say the pledge of allegiance before you start every Senate fucking meeting. Yeah. And God, we trust. What is this? 
why are you telling me that? Oh, it wasn't about fucking religion and shit. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's, it, there's one, it. like at least one major party that is invested fully into promoting Christianity versus pretty much any other belief system. <laughs> Anything else, either fucking one of the parties. And that's why I don't ever want to be known as like a political band because I don't want to like have all of our content about that. And I don't want people to be coming to us to make up their own decision on their political and, you know, their, their life decisions. All we're, all we're doing in both bands is, is stating facts. We're not yeah. writing any fiction. All this shit is shit that we've gone through. And we're not even trying to put a fucking a bias lean on it. You yeah. know, this is it good or bad. This is what the fuck happened. This is how it's making me fucking feel. And it made me feel this way and such that I feel that I need to share it with some motherfuckers because I, I hope that you motherfuckers feel the same. And this will like maybe either a calm you down enough to fucking get you through the day or B make you mad enough to throw a fucking Molotov at a cop car. Don't do that under my quest, but you know, stipulation what, right here. Uh, <laughs> let's well, not it, throw Molotov cocktails unless they assault you or do something fucked up in your neighborhood. Then you can kind of what I mean? like what, yeah. whatever it is, whichever way they go, whether they want to yeah. go, you know, if, if they want to go pacifism way or if they want to go the fucking militant way, it doesn't matter. As long as people aren't just sitting idle in yeah. some mediocrity fucking rubbing on their phone where everybody's got a filter on their fucking face and shit isn't real. And it's like a lot of these new generation kids never had older OGs to fucking school them on how to behave in public. Yeah. You're getting 25 year old men that are fucking trying to act like they're fucking lumberjacks and shit. They want to act tough at a fucking bar. You sock them in the face and all of a sudden they're just, they're crying and calling the police. <laughs> like, do you not understand how this works, young man? Yeah. Back in the nineties, you might've got shot. So you should be happy that you just got an ass whooping instead. <laughs> Wait the fuck up. You yeah. know, yeah. like the nineties were fucking kind of wasn't that fun. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody looks back like, oh, it's grunge and hip hop. It's like, yeah, and people uh, got murdered all the time. Yeah, bro. People used to, and like in, in the Bay Area, people used to just drive by in their car and you made eye contact with them because you're sitting at the bus stop. They would hit the brakes on your ass and be like, you dogging me? Yeah. What's that you from? And they would get out the car and then you'd have to fucking run or fight, motherfucker. Yeah. That was just sitting in a bus. Now it's like, oh my God, did he look at me aggressively? I think I need to talk to a therapist. The funniest shit to me right now, and I'll get off the political shit, is the fact that I was talking to my nephews and I was like writing like a quick note to my brother at Cursive. And they were like, what the fuck are you doing? What is this? Like, you know, like, How can anybody read this shit? Yeah, what the fuck is this? I was like, you guys are like, one of them was like 12, the other one just graduated as a Marine. And I'm like, yo, bro, this is cursive. They're like, oh, they don't teach that in school anymore. I'm like, how the fuck are you guys going to read the Constitution? Yeah. <laughs> it's all in cursive. All of it. You know, oh, it's yeah. translated online. Yeah, but. You what if computers stop working? <laughs> yeah, you got to go see the, and he, my one nephew brought up, the younger one brought up a good point. I was like, yeah, but you need to go see the original one. So you know what the fuck it says. And he's like, they got printers, bro. That just makes sense. <laughs> Like they just change whatever they want in there anyway. That's probably not even the original one. Yeah. It's like true. I think yeah. Nick Cage stole that a long time ago. I was gonna say Nick Cage already got that one. <laughs> you know, I watch all Nick Cage movies, dude. They're so fucking yeah. crazy. 
I don't know if it was a declar. I think it was the de- de- declaration of independence he got, but not the constitution. But either way, same, same. Yeah. <laughs> Both in cursive. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> they, they didn't really write in uh, in, in regular ass, you know, standard block writing or whatever that back then. No, no. All right, so let's let's kind of switch back to some of the music because I have a couple of, uh, uh, a couple of music questions, but and then we'll go to a break and we'll do some hot seat questions. But the first thing I wanted to kind of point out was. Um, I had read that actually you guys, when you were doing dancing with the curse, this was the album that came out in 2020. I want to say forget dead. I think it was 2020. Um, you actually had sent fat Mike a demo that wasn't actually the right file or whatever. And it was actually, you just kind of doing some rapping. Uh, yeah. and that was actually used as the intro for the, the, uh, the beginning of the, 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 uh, the entire album before disruption. Yeah. I was just curious if that was, was any way in any way, sort of like a realization and you do have kind of like a rap like vocal style for a lot of your songs anyway. But I was wondering if that being released as such kind of started to kind of put a little bit of a, a trigger or a catalyst in your brain is maybe this could be something that I actually do as a side project. And hence now we here we are with co-defendants. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely did before I was in get dead. Um, I used to do, I was, I was very much into underground hip hop. We had our own label called kitchen cuts. Um, we, you know, I did battle rapping. I did all this shit. And then it was actually Stacey D. I was living with her in San Francisco. And she got me into punk rock because my little hip-hop lab was in their jam room. And, I mean, all of this wouldn't be going down without Stacey D. I love her. Thank you very much, Stacey. For two years, we started Get Dead. She would show up to our shows. And, like, I'd get off stage and have to, like, look over and be like, how would I do? And she's like, <laughs> she's like, you're getting better, I guess. Like, <laughs> You're okay, yeah. you're okay. <laughs> I'm For saying, those who don't know, this is Stacey D from Bad Cop, Bad Cop, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, she's the goat. Um, but yeah, man, so I've, I've always had like a hip-hop background, but yeah, when that, when Dancing with the Curse came out, I mean, I never really stopped making kind of like hip-hop-ish music. I don't ever stop making like songs. I just got songs, whether it's I'm ever going to use it or not, even when it was... um hip hop songs. I liked writing raps because it was like, you know, I have to put in two pages of words versus like a punk song is like a quarter paragraph. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you can, like, you can stretch that out. <laughs> you can stretch that shit out. You can't do that. Anymore. So it's a good, you know, it's like any other muscle. It's a good fucking exercise to doing things. And it really came in handy with, um, kind of not having the same kind of cadence and stuff as a lot of punk rock does. So it kind of makes it stand out a little better. But I mean, once Dancing with the Curse came out and people were like, damn, that rap stuff at the beginning, I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, I think we all get into kind of uh, older, you know, people over like 35, 30 get into this like mentality of like back in the day when I, when I was a teenager, it's like you were either a metal head, or you're a hip hop head, or you're a fucking punk rock head. And it's all you listen to, strictly. It's how you said it. You're like, I had to take a break from punk rock. Yeah, you know, and so now I think very much so that um, the normal consumer of music is listening to everything, like your your whole genre, and everything's off of Spotify or YouTube or whatever. So everything's on shuffle. Everything yep. is a different genre now, so people are way more open to these different things. I mean, if you listen to any new country song, it's all hip hop based beats. Yeah, with like, like pop singers, and it's like, what is yeah. happening? <laughs> It's a pop singer dressed like a country person doing fucking hip hop. Yeah. So, they just sing with a twang. That's all. <laughs> you know, what? 
so it's, so it's interesting to do and so i kind of just like realized that i was like oh shit yeah everybody just kind of listened to everything and um punk punk rock if you if you half time any normal punk rock song if you cut that beat in half a standard punk rock song that is a hip-hop beat every time yeah it's not and a bad way to look at it beat, it's a fucking punk rock that's why hip-hop and punk rock work so well if you do it right because it's basically just the same thing it's like you just have to either slow down the flow or flip it up either yeah. one you know so um i just i don't know i just always like making music to stay sharp and i'm glad that people like that hip-hop shit because i enjoy making it yeah. and uh, with the codependent shit it's funny because it's like it's almost like the get dead thing with the folk punk thing you know it's like everyone's like oh this punk rap project fucking with chesky the rapper and you know chesky chesky loves that shit because it's like yeah. when i'm I in the that was interesting too because i'm like he was essentially an acoustic folk punk he rock is a folk rocker <laughs> he's a folk punk rocker <laughs> So like I mean, I was very confused about. I actually asked uh, Brendan from Mercy Music. I was like, "What actually is Code Defenders?" Because from what I'm reading, I don't understand what the fuck is happening. They're saying it's acoustic folk, uh, get dead, and then a rapper who is. I'm like, none of this makes sense. And then somehow Mike, Fat Mike's involved. I really don't understand. So I was like, I have to talk to Sam about this because this shit. I'm yeah. blown, I'm just baffled. <laughs> I mean, that's why we. That's why I mean, I came up with that shit of calling it Crime Wave because it's kind yeah. of like you know, it's like New Wave. Or something like that it was because even with get dead um for 10 years every time we do interviews and stuff people always ask like well how would you classify this music would you do it because it's like i'm not your traditional like punk rock head yeah you know i don't but you know i'm not like fucking oi oi or you know any of that but i'm also not your traditional fucking fresh fucking hip-hop dude you know <laughs> fucking, i'm a skater from the 90s yeah. we listen to all that shit yeah. You know, only the tight shit. <laughs> but it's just like with this, that's why Crime Wave, I was like, okay, let's just call it Crime Wave. We'll make it our own genre. And then if anybody asks us, well, what, what does it sound like? We just say, oh, oh, it's Crime Wave. And you don't elaborate on it. You just keep it moving. Yeah. Like, oh, it. Wait, you don't know what Crime Wave is? We yeah. can do it, but yeah, fucking better ask somebody. <laughs> this, this, like, this, the Codefendants album, me and Chesky were thinking about this. It's like, everyone's like, oh, this hip hop, punk rock crossover shit. It's like, if you actually listen to the whole fucking Codefendants album, there's only two rap songs on there. There's yeah. only two hip hop songs. And one of them had DOC from NWA on it. Yeah, I was just going to say, with Doc on there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a crossover fucking anything. We're not doing a punk rock song with hip hop. In any of that stuff, at any faction of it, yeah, yeah it's not. Lot. It's not like you're listening to a fucking Lim Biscuit record. Let's put it that way. And we, and you know what? And it's it's a very thin fucking line. If yeah. you're gonna do, you know what I mean? It's a very thin line. And you know, even with like Limp Biscuit shit, it's like I'll never knock a fucking a band or anybody that's out there making fucking their living off of that shit. I mean, they the motherfuckers still playing fucking can fill up a fucking small arena. Yeah, people still out there dancing. Like yep. talk all, talk all you want on fucking that dude being a fucking cornball hall fucking famer, but like what, whatever, dude. But fucking streets got to eat. Respect, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know it's 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 just but it's fun. It's fun right now with the codependents because it's like oh this rap fucking hybrid shit. It's like do we got like straight? It's either like folk sad fucking songs punk rock or rap it's not like yeah. we're not trying to blend genres to like 
within the song. I mean, I, yeah. guess, I don't know. It's crime wave. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to explain shit. Just say crime wave and move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just like broke my own rule. <laughs> Speaking of rules, it was actually his like first rule of crime wave. Don't talk about crime wave. But I have a similar question. This will be the last one before we go to break. Is is you are also a graffiti artist, and uh, this kind of sort of all ties everything together. Um, but I don't know how you actually are involved with project the project in decline. Uh, I know you're very interwoven with a lot of the stuff that they do. I don't know if it's something you can talk about. Like everybody who's in it is like in Fight Club where it's like all anonymity or whatever. Uh, so it's like the first rule of in decline is don't talk about it. But I know all the co-defendants videos were done by in decline and get dead has had several things going on with that. But yeah. is there like a, something between you guys growing together as both a, a project and then your music that kind of helps project uh, a pro helps essentially project both things forward and propel everything kind of moving forward. I think, I think that, um, we've, we've always, uh, everybody involved in like codependence and get dead. We've always res respected and decline as artists and what they do with the street art movement. And, um, I mean, they're just, we met them through get dead. They did. I reached out to them to do a video for us just cause I fucked with them. And then they ended up coming up to do the pepper spray video, but then the riots were happening. So like our whole shoot and like the story that we were going to do and all this fell apart. And they were like, well, you know, I, what do we do? I was like, just fucking do what you guys do, bro. Let's go do fucking, you know? And then that night we kind of found out that we had similar interests. And so yeah. we, but it was just like one of those weekends where it just like clicked. And now everybody that was a part of that weekend are like lifelong friends. And they live in Vegas too. And yep. I see them all the time. I love every fucking one of those dudes. Um, their, their way of uh, displaying imagery of like what's actually happening on a street level is, you know, second to none. They know how they, they understand what's happening in the world. They understand that fucking this world isn't, going to fucking be wrapped up in a nice bow and 99.9% of things are fucking dirty and it's not clean cut and it's fucking very complicated and it's grotesque and it's fucking beautiful and you know and they're standing up for what the fuck they believe in and they put their shit on the line to do it I mean every time they go out and make one of these statements to like help champion some fucking underdog stuff they're very much putting their lives and their freedom at at risk every yep. fucking time. I mean, feds, they want feds. I'm not a part of Indecline. I don't personally really know how to get a hold of those guys. They get a hold of me, but yep. they're, you know, it's, it's a very real thing. And it's, and it's rare in this day and age to like find people like that, that are like down for their shit that yep. aren't just talking about it or jumping on some who righty, you know, whatever's hot today fucking topic like these motherfuckers put planning and thought and execute and they do it very fucking well very strategically yeah and i love them very much and i have no idea who they are and i love them <laughs> i've never met any of these people i don't know what i just said i blacked out <laughs> i think yeah, i didn't yeah. take my i take my medication today so sometimes i just i just lie yeah so. There's that. Everything, everything in the first half of this segment or the first segment of this episode is complete fabrication and nothing is real. <laughs> <laughs>
Awesome. On that note, we'll actually be right back after this quick break break from Sam from Get Dead and Codefendants. And we'll put him in the hot seat and see if he's got some uh, interesting Ooh. questions. And hopefully he won't punch me in the face when I see him at some point in the near future. <laughs> but yeah, the Power by Rock, <laughs> Power Rock podcast will return right after this. Reverend Guitars embodies the idea that every run of scorching lead and every roll of finger-picked twang deserve the same passion and commitment to quality. Whether you're selling out arenas or playing in your living room, we know that what makes an instrument powerful is when players wield them to create something remarkable. A melody that moves mountains. A riff that just won't quit. We want to be there in your hands when that happens. For us, that means staying true to what we believe. Somewhere along the road of electric guitar history, it became a crazy idea that guitar makers should craft guitars with the same sense of purpose and passion, whether they're played in a bedroom or an arena. If that's a wild idea, then we're in the right place, carrying six strings and an attitude, and we're in good company. Reverend Guitars, well played. Welcome back to the Powered by Rock podcast. It's Light em Up time. I'm here with Sam from Get Dead and Co-Defendants to bring him into the spotlight for a few hot seat questions. And hopefully he doesn't want to fight me in this segment. But uh, Sam, are you ready to be put in the spotlight? Got my twisted tea. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to throw you right into the fire on the first one. This one's a bit, uh, bit of a really warm seat question. I'm just going to ask you a big question. How do you think we white? How do you think white supremacy comes to an end? Bullets. <laughs> Have more bullets than them, I assume. Yeah, bullets. You know, there's a. I think. I. I mean, I don't know. You know, like to, to tell you the truth, I think that it's almost like there's nothing you can really do about it. People are gonna fucking raise their fucking kids under some bullshit, and it's not gonna be their kids' fault. But then at the same time, as a forty-year-old man. I don't buy that shit of fucking like upbringing after a certain point. Like if yeah. you're, if you're being a, if you're it, race, anything, if you're fucking, if you're using your fucking, your power or your race or the, or the, your class or anything to fucking marginalize anybody underneath you, it's, it's fucking wrong. And it, it's, and it should already be instilled in you as being a human being that it's wrong. 90% yeah. of the mother. Know it's fucking wrong. Just like you know when you're a kid, you don't kick a puppy in the face. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like so. Like if you're gonna be a fucking white supremacist, you're gonna be a racist piece of shit. Just stay the fuck away from me. I yeah. mean, my, my main advice to you is don't. How do we yeah. deal with it? Bullets, in my opinion. Do we get to do that? No. But if you're gonna have your fucking ideals, just have your fucking ideals. Just yep. keep up your fucking self. Don't be fucking showing up trying to have your little fucking whack-ass Hitler fucking march down Main Street in America. You dumb, confused fucks. We went over there. Americans, Americans, went over there to fuck the Nazis up. My grandpa went over there and fucked those German grandpas up for being Nazis. That's America, great America. So how the fuck are you going to sit here talking about make America great again with a fucking swastika on you? You dumb, confused fuck. That's why I yeah. say because they you know, it's the only way. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say a lot of people just think, oh, I can't wait till all these racist old people die. I'm like, you think that that's gonna kill racism and white supremacy? Hell no. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck no. It's, a lot of it's not a matter of waiting until they die. No, and a lot of that shit is all fucking based on fucking class and fucking money and old money and fucking keeping people down. And you know, a lot of the um 
the racist. And I mean, it's easier for me to fucking say because I'm fucking white. But it's like, you know, the way that I feel about a lot of the shit, and it's probably just because I grew up fucking trailer trash shit, is that to me, this is a, like, I grew up as a skateboarder. So homophobia and racism and shit like that never existed. Yeah. Like, if you, that's why skateboarding, I think, is a, is one of the great equalizers of fucking human beings. Because there's no, you can't cheat it. You can't go to Hot Topic and just, like, hold the skateboard and be fucking down. Yeah. You know, it doesn't work. Like, you you have to put in your work and you have to do it by yourself. No one's there to fucking help you. And real recognize real. Yeah. So, you know, it's, 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 it's very similar in just the punk music scene as well. It's like, no one's going to hand you the fucking keys to being like the next big punk band. You have to go out and put the fucking work in. And you got to put in a hell of fucking work. And it's, <laughs> and so it's like, we, so it's easy for me to say that, but it's like, I, all the shit that I've seen is lately is like the powers that be or whoever's doing it is creating racial tension to keep people from fucking coming together and realizing that it's like, this has nothing to do about fucking the race. This has to system systemic fucking problems that are once again a part of an antiquated system that need to be torn down from the fucking ground up and re-fucking built. Yeah. Wealth needs to be redistributed. People need to fucking be on an evil game. So if I was a fucking black man in a fucking America right now, you know what? I would probably most likely be fucking socking any white person that was fucking <laughs> remotely rude to me. It's like yeah. Nipsey Hussle said, he's off socking just for slavery. Yeah. <laughs> Tell them that's, that's for my ancestors, whatever. For real. And like motherfuckers try to be fucking like cute about it. Like, well, I didn't have anything to do with it. Why would they be mad at me? It's like motherfucker just saying that is fucking disrespectful. It doesn't matter whether you had it or not. Just show a little more respect yeah. to the human beings and a little more compassion. And then it wouldn't feel like they were still being fucking held down. So I'm you assuming know? that when Fox News says that racism isn't real, you don't believe that? No. <laughs> No, I, I do not. I think that it's, I think it's very. I'm just talking about my own as uh, my own like personal experience yeah. in America is a lot of the shit that I fucking I went through and I actually saw with my own eyes. And the Bay Area was it was it was a lot of class war shit. It's yeah. a lot of classism. It's a lot of you know. I mean, I still get mad that my mom still works a day job. You know, it's like they've got us working fucking. 40, 50 hours a week, we spend fucking more time with our coworkers than we do with our friends and family. Yep. You work 365 days out of the year and they're going to give you fucking 14 days to go pursue your dreams and yeah. your wants. Or, or just stop having to stress for 14 days, yeah. And even then, you're still going to be fucking stressing because you're going to be like, damn, dude, I wonder who's doing my job. Yeah, back exactly. Over back. How much work am I going to have? Like, motherfucker, you never offer your job. I give it up yeah. to France. who's going through that crazy shit right now with their um, retirement their age being lifted. Shit, but France was the first people to make it illegal for you, for a salary worker, to get an email after five o'clock about work. Yeah, nice. Because that's a big thing here. It's like if you ever worked in a salary job, it's like yeah, 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 yeah. It's forty hour week salary job. Blah, blah, blah. Motherfucker, that ain't forty hours a week. Karen from fucking HR is hitting your ass up at nine o'clock at night about some bullshit, and if you don't respond to her, you're a bad worker. Yep. And the person that is responding to them at nine o'clock or is willing to wake up at fucking five thirty to pucker up and kiss the ring is going to be the person that gets a promotion and gets hired up. Yeah. And that's and that's once again systemic shit. We go to yep. school every day for eight hours a day so we can get used to doing shit we don't want to fucking do. Yep. They can teach us how to balance a checkbook or how to fucking 
run our credit up properly and how not to take certain deals and this, but no, I got to learn about the, how to make a, carry an egg around fucking high school all day long and <laughs> learn about the Louisiana purchase. Fuck you, fool. <laughs> and this is maybe why I put it in our uh, beginning of our introduction that you might be possibly one of the most interesting people in, in punk because I've just been listening to you talk for only about 40 minutes now. And I'm like, fuck, I could listen to this guy talk for 10 straight hours. I'd be like, let's put a documentary on just Sam King for one day. <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't want that. And I can tell you, he doesn't want to hear me talk for hours. And that's both of my ex-wives. <laughs> they, well, were you. they didn't want to hear me talk for one fucking hour. <laughs> let's get to question number two. Cause you did mention, obviously you're from the Bay area in San Francisco, which for anybody who doesn't know what the Bay area is, it's essentially San Francisco, Oakland and the surrounding areas. Um, which, actually been a breeding ground for punk and indie rock bands for decades now and it may be hard to distinguish the area if you're if you're from there but do you feel like the area has some sort of inherent environment or characteristic that cultivates artists and activists yeah i mean I'm, like i said man it's like my my experience with all this shit growing up was very uh segregated divided by class yeah you know i think that um when you i think that with any great art that I mean, in history shows it that it, it has always come from a place of struggle, at, yeah. in in some facet. I mean, think about every great painting that you've ever seen. The I guarantee that over ninety percent of them are not a happy picture. Yeah, not a, you know, it's probably probably not a very positive vibe. You yeah. know, is it somebody? That's why it's hard to make good art when you're comfortable, right? Like you don't see like affluent people just creating great art that often. <laughs> people to do it because they fucking they don't have it i mean i i try to be very conscientious about that man because it's like i get i get worried about it i mean i've i mean up until i moved here to vegas like five months ago i fucking i've always had a job dude i've always worked 40 hours a week fucking painting unless i go on tour and i go on tour and then i come back and i just go back to being a fucking house painter but i have like add and so like it's like they when you have like adult add it's kind of like thing called a, an executive disorder mm -hmm. so whatever i'm supposed to be doing i want to fuck it up like <laughs> if i'm painting i don't want to paint i want to be making music it's like i mean oh i mean here all day i can make music i'm like fuck i should go like like work or paint or something yeah. you know <laughs> now this is the job yeah. you know what i'm saying it gets, yeah. it gets fucking it's weird but it's um nobody like same with songs how everybody's favorite song ain't about some fucking some sunshine shit. Yeah. I mean, could you, I, I bet you're hard pressed to even, you know, want to, you want a hot seat question to ask somebody? Tell me the name five positive songs that they've yeah, What's your favorite positive song of all time? Be like, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> Be happy. Uh, fucking whatever Justin Timberlake did for the Trolls movie, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, was that Justin Timberlake? Or I, that I think so. It was like, uh, it's just like happy or I don't even know what the fuck it was oh, called. Yes. Happy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also, uh, uh, Pharrell did a song called "Happy" because yeah. I'm happy. You know, the yeah. clap one. Yeah. So there we go. And then that might have been one I'm thinking of. I don't even know. I fucking happy. I don't. We have three fucking songs, all with the word "happy" in them, to yeah. be a happy song. Yeah. Other than that, there's nothing else. Yeah. You know, there's no. I mean, I guess uh, uh, Smash Mouth. You know, oh, yeah. you get your game on, go play. Self-motivation, probably because he was depressed when he wrote it, right? He had to try to get himself out of a hole. Exactly. I mean, they, yeah. Smash Mouse uh, recording studio was across the street from my house in Campbell that I just nice. moved away from. 
and they they mainly record like um, underground hip hop heads from the South Bay area. It's weird. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, little, cool. Uh, I'll do that little pop up music video bubble thing now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Um, so question number three, a little bit of a softer question, but this is, this is just open to your interpretation, but what's your favorite thing about creating music? Uh, I would say that my, my, my personal thing that keeps me going with it is like lately it's been like collaborating. So, you know, Chesky's got his war chest of just ill ass producers that he's been working with for 20 plus years. I've got my fucking punk rock fucking friends that I've been working with for 20 plus years. And now we have Fat Mike in the fucking mix. So now it's almost bringing me back to that same story of being like worried about like being too comfortable. Cause I'm like, yeah, you know, mansion, you know what I mean? Like, I'm fucking, I don't have to go to work. I don't have to fucking, you know, do this thing and it, it leaves you all this free time to have these existential questions that you normally don't have time to think about. Yep. And so you find yourself in a very skittish place. And so, uh, and then there's that other one in the back of your head of like, all this shit could stop tomorrow. And then what do I do after that? <laughs> well, that's, that's, I mean, that's where, that's where, you know, just I'm a big believer in just like, I'm not religious at all. I'm a big fucking believer in like, this is all one, one moment. There is, this isn't time. This is just one big pow, you know, and we're all in the universe and we just manifested into Sam talking to you on the podcast, me and I are yep. killing it. You know, it's our time to be these things right now. And so with like collaborating and stuff like that, that's what I think keeps me humbling about it is like, it can't all end tomorrow. But if you live righteous, and that's why I say I'm not religious because the word righteous yeah. brings up like this. But you can there's still a, believe that there's goodness in people and, and act that way, right? Yeah. You know what? there's a lot of um there's a lot of shittiness in people and you can go through life and i've done it before where i've shut down and we build these walls to keep people out and that's just our defense mechanism so we don't get fucking hurt again but if you keep that kind of shit up you don't get to make connections with people and yeah, yeah are you are you going to get fucked over again is it going to hurt absolutely but you have to fucking you know is the juice worth the squeeze at some point is yeah. it is making, is making honest connections and moving through life, doing what you know in your, your fucking, your gut will tell you when you're doing something wrong. It's like, yeah. it goes back to that racist shit. You motherfucker, you know that don't feel right. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know when you do something and you're like, oh, that was fucking corny. You know what I mean? Yeah. But when you, I find in my personal experience, if you move through this motherfucker being truthful, being honest and fucking just doing what's right every time with what's going on in here, things fucking work and things happen. It does, and that doesn't mean that they're gonna happen overnight because you're being fucking nice to somebody or yeah. you help somebody. But like, and and faking nice is definitely not the way to get where you want to go either. <laughs> a quick way to get fucking karma to come up behind you and just fucking stick one in your jugular. Yeah. Just, <laughs> beep, beep, beep. Like. Yeah. And, and it is, man. And so it's. Collaborating with people is like really keeping me um, busy and grounded on it because it's almost like you, it's a whole different art form. And especially coming from going from like skating where it's very individual to like get dead. And then it's like, okay, now I've got like four girlfriends. I don't get to fuck, but I have to, <laughs> but I have to argue, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. 
we all have our own. Everybody, so you know what I mean. Everybody's got their sensibilities and their fucking. This motherfucker thinks there's Kim trails. This guy fucking doesn't. This guy's this guy's a vegan. This guy wants to go shoot a moose. Like, <laughs> so, so it's 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 cool to get that that level of like always learning stuff. I mean, we're working with fucking Fat Mike, bro. It's like that dude's very fucking set in his ways. Very like, and you know he's right a lot of the motherfucking time. But yeah. it's the same feeling as when you got to like, and he'll admit when he's wrong. It takes a second. I mean, yeah. it takes a long fucking time. But like, <laughs> if you feel like some kind of direction in music in, in this instance is going, if you feel strongly and like you don't want that part changed or you think that it could be better, you've got to, you've got to like still stand up for yourself and still like push through that. And, yeah. and every time if you stick with it, because you know, you're fucking right. Because you fucking feel it in your heart, it comes out on top. Or it works how democracy share works. You know, you have Republican Democrats. You got an idea? I don't like the idea. So what do I do? I tell you I don't like the idea, but I tell you how your idea could be better. Yeah. And then they go, Well, it shouldn't I don't like how you made it better, but this part, and then you go like that until it, it turns into democracy, until it turns yeah. into one thing that everyone's happy about. And that's yeah. how it should be working. Yeah, I remember when compromise was a thing, but that was like 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, and yeah, and that's, ah, I mean, that's a funny, that's a, we could go deep dive into that statement alone for an hour, bro. Like, yeah. <laughs> without getting like too fight club, you know, it's like everybody thinks that they're like the unique snowflake. Yeah. And like the, the and it's all perspective. Yeah. You know, what, what you think somebody's acting like a little bitch about, you know, and their mind and their experience, it could be the equivalent of like their mom dying. Yeah. Even though you're like, yo, bro, they put mustard on your sandwich, wipe it off. You know, and it's like we see this more and more these days because of like the internet culture and the entitlement of people wanting to just be famous to be famous. Yeah. For and but they're it's like you can do that. You can you can be famous to be famous. You can do whatever you want, but don't act like a fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> need to fucking remember that like there are still people around that are still like within arm's reach that might need somebody in real life to ask them how they're doing and ask yep. them if things going good you know i mean 100%. don't start kissing your homie all crazy if you don't need to but you know <laughs> check out what's going you know you got to stop and look around the real world every yeah. now and then you know that kind of leads me into the next question, actually. I think we could just take whatever you just said, that entire like six minutes there or whatever, and just say that's the answer for question number four, which is if you could push a button and broadcast one singular message to the entire planet simultaneously, which would translate be translated into every language so everyone could understand it, what would you say? I feel like that last six, six minutes would be absolutely perfect. Oh, yeah, go for it. There you go. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> And then the last hot seat question, this actually comes down to the part that we were talking about righteousness, being good to other people, kind of inherently knowing that there is goodness to people out there. Um, maybe not everybody has it all the time, and, and some people don't ever use it very often. But Mark Twain once said, but who prays for Satan, who in 18 centuries has had the common humanity pray for the one sinner who needed it the most? Which to me is like, holy shit, like that's a pretty like bold thing to say, like, 
there's no Christians out there that are praying for Satan to get better or to reverse his thinking. But that's exactly if you were a Christian, you would believe that that should be done. So in the spirit of that statement, is there someone who you would symbolically give a prayer to in order to for them to change their shitty ways? And what would you hypothetically say? Hmm, it's a good one. I mean, I have sympathy for the devil tattooed across my fucking collarbone right here. That's what that yeah. whole what that whole thing is. So I'm very much aware of that quote. And yep. and what's that? And you know, in my I don't know if I would have anyone that I would want to say, like, hey, pray for them because they're such a piece of shit. <laughs> they need it because you know what I mean? I don't think I don't think that I mean if I don't think that there's a devil, but like, if there is a devil, like if we're, if we're following their storyline, okay, yeah, you know, theoretically, in theory, if we're following their storyline, it seems to me that the fucking the devil, the devil doesn't want people. He doesn't want to be prayed for. He got he got he got cast down, and he's on some fuck you shit. Yeah, you know, it's almost like I mean, there's certain shit that people can do to me in my life where th there's no coming back from it. There's no like, okay, we're going to be fucking cool. You know, yeah. it's like the There's same definitely thing. things that people can do where that's never going to be forgiven. <laughs> exactly. And you know, and you can't expect like, you know, Chesky said it and Kodev song. You can't expect people to forgive your past. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not up to them. You need to let your own fucking shit go. And you know, if, if there's, if there's somebody that a big, if, if there's some, if there's things in the world that you dislike, okay, like let's say, because I was thinking about this when I was thinking about this person, and I don't like to starting funk or talking shit, but it's like, give like fucking, and this guy gets a lot of shit, so whatever. But say Machine Gun Kelly, for instance, okay, yeah. and that shit that he did with fucking his little punk rock, pop punk thing, yeah. you know what I mean? It bothered the fuck out of me. Yeah. Like, I saw, I saw just like on a visceral level, just like this is fucking the corniest shit <laughs> I've ever seen. You know what I mean? And I was like, you know what? Even fuck everybody involved. Fuck everybody. Fuck the fucking key grip. Fuck the Uber driver. <laughs> the fucking assistant director to the field. Fuck the Uber driver's wife forever, even fucking him for driving them there. You know what I mean? It was like deep. I was like, oh. And I'm like, Yo, it doesn't really affect me. And like, I don't need to go on a campaign about it. If you don't like something in this fucking world, fucking, you know what I mean? Tell yourself, yo, to me, that's corny and keep it moving. Yeah. My advice is don't even tell anybody else about shit you don't like. Yeah. We need to start telling everybody what we do like and what is going good with us, not what's going bad. We shouldn't be yeah. hanging out friends and having a fucking trauma dump session every time like this sucks and this sucks and this sucks because you're just fucking building this little shit force field around you where it's like you could just be hyped when you see it like yeah what up dude it's fucking good bro i got like six bucks i know you got two we got a 12 pack right now we have train tracks we can throw some rocks you yeah. know we stay up until the sun comes up we go to a best western free continental breakfast just gotta open the side door <laughs> A couple of plastic bags we find on the way, we can load up on pancakes. It'd be a great day, you know. <laughs> Versus, yo, Machine Gun Kelly, you fucking pop punk, fucking pop, you know. Yeah. So, I I, I mean, don't have any. I don't want to pray for. I don't want to pray for anybody 
because I'm trying to train my brain not to worry about what fucking people are doing that need to be prayed for are doing that's going to affect me. If you're not within arm's length of me talking shit where you can physically grab me and fucking put me into a way, I'm not worrying about it. I'm not yeah. worrying about them, their people, what they say on the internet, their cancel shit, fucking the left wing, the right wing, nothing. I'll be out here smoking blunts, skateboarding, trying to get my dick sucked, bro. <laughs> and I will say that the best, maybe the best way to summarize everything that you just said is the person you need to pray for the most is yourself to let things go. So that way you can just move on with your fucking day. Exactly. And move on with your life. Don't, yeah. don't let, don't let things that happen. Like that, you know, people have a big tendency of doing that. It's like, you know, they have this one traumatic, this one traumatic thing that happens back when they were a kid and they fucking, they just wear it like an anchor for the rest of their life. And they're blaming everything. And it's because you get used to blaming something for so long that if you actually fucking let that go and forgave it or whatever, and you said, you know what, I'm going to let that go. I'm going to move forward. Then you're going to be responsible from that day on with everything that you do. And that petrifies motherfuckers because you will. You can't say like, oh, my mom was a drunk and that's why I can't fucking get my shit together to get this band going. You know, it's like, you'd be like, yo, okay. They made their mistakes. It doesn't affect me. The past is done. Now, what am I doing? Now, yeah. where am I going? Yeah, and that's mom. the thing. Like your mom drinking twenty years ago isn't making that decision for you right now in the present. Like, like, or, or for instance, like right now, like me and you just had a fucking. We're having a great one hour long conversation. Before this, I woke up fucking early next to my chick. We made pancakes. I had fucking coffee. Pet my dog. Looked about fucking thank many blessings and then that's all great but if i go out fucking right now when we're done and i stub my toe on a fucking thumbtack and i'm like oh you know motherfucker and i pull it out and then i'm fucking just like fucking limping all day fucking mad he's gonna blame me for it i guarantee it (laughs) it's like like human beings will will let my my point is we can you can have fucking 52 hours of great experience and it will all be diminished for fucking somebody cutting you off and calling you a fucking idiot. Yeah. Right. For a second interaction, you're going to fucking like dwell on that when that person's not even thinking about you anymore. Yep. It's just like people are thinking about like you go back to home for your family on holidays and what do they do, bro? Everyone's got an opinion about what the fuck you're doing with your life. Oh, you make money at that. He's like, yo, shut the fuck up, Uncle Gary. I haven't talked to you all year long. And, <laughs> and I want to talk to you for the rest of the year. <laughs> exactly. So don't act like you're sitting there thinking about what I'm doing. I ain't thinking about what the fuck you're doing. So yeah. why am I going to elect, like, you have four glasses of wine and what you say is going to affect me for the next two months? Nah. I mean, yeah. All of this is easier said than done. All I'm saying is I'm trying to put this mentality into practice because it seems fucking very logical. And since I've been doing it, good things have been happening and I've been a very much more calm person because. And it does take practice because there is shit like that'll set you off for no goddamn reason. And then you're like, oh, I got to go back to square one. Let me just calm the fuck down real quick. (laughs) I'm petty as a motherfucker. (laughs) I'm the worst with traffic or technology. When something like, my phone doesn't work. I'm like trying to close an app or something. I'm like, what the actual fuck? I'm like, I'm going to smash it. But like the, but exactly the phone, the phone been killing it. You know, any, just doing your bidding, you know, a whole 
a whole fucking communicating world. with the entire universe in, in the palm of my hand, but the one goddamn time I can't close an app. <laughs> yeah, you can fucking one little glitch, and it's just like this motherfucker. I knew I should have got a stamp song. <laughs> All right. Well, the spotlight is off. I hopefully uh, you're not sweating too bad. You seem to enjoy that actually pretty much. Yeah, I fucking that shit all day. <laughs> so before we go to our next break, and then we'll come back and we'll, we'll wrap everything up. But I do want to make sure that it's okay to play the song "Suicide by Pigs" from Co-Defendants during the, the break. So do I have the uh, you know the express verbal consent from the artist who has created this music? Mm, I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 This is uh, suicide. I don't want this to be coerced. <laughs> All right, so we'll play Suicide by Pigs from Co Defendants, and then we'll see you right after this. I've considered suicide by police. I do it myself, but I'm far too angry, and that's the way this thing's gotta be for now. And when that time comes, you'll know because you've become a widow. Organizing all those things that you disliked about me. And I hold peace by peace and it finds you no peace at all. Life, 
pipe dreams into pipe bombs with you. Running your own music career is incredibly difficult. Trying to get people to like, share, comment, listen, follow, it's all just overwhelming. Most musicians give up before they ever achieve success, and that's the worst. If you're looking for a better way to grow your music career, head to DIYRockCareer.com for some absolutely free training. It costs you nothing, and it could be the difference between hitting your goals and quitting your dream. Go to DIYRockCareer.com today by clicking the link below this episode. Then I lost my Welcome back to the Power by Rock podcast. All right, Sam here from Co-Defendants and Get Dead. I know you guys just had an album release party for the Co-Defendants in Las Vegas. Uh, obviously, I just found out today through our conversations kind of off the air that you now live here in Las Vegas with Mike, Fat Mike from uh, No Effects. Yep. Uh, and you guys announced some dates in the UK, UK and EU with Get Dead and Co-Defendants, like kind of partnering yeah. together. Can you talk about what else is on the horizon for 2023 for both projects? um fuck man uh get dead right now we're working on our next album we've got about like i think probably like maybe 13 14 songs done so we'll probably like, sounds try good to get that send it out <laughs> yeah we'll probably try to get that up to about like 20 to 25 and then we'll whittle it down to 10 um with some like eps and shit hopefully or just like a couple releases and then we're codependence is working on uh code f2 right now we've already got half of that almost completely done um i'm gonna be probably releasing some of my um older hip-hop stuff louis regal through uh chesky's label fake four or the bottles to the ground label if uh, mike wants to take it um we're gonna be it's gonna be touring man we got we got the co-defendants tour coming up um with zeta and there are uh, zeta is a great band from uh, florida they're originally from venezuela uh get dead will be joining codependence for the dates that they can't and then that'll be pretty much all of april and we go to barcelona to start the fucking no effects farewell tour and then we're uh flying over to london and do the uk and with uh, uh get dead and codependence and the melvinator melvin from no effects playing uh djing so he'll basically be headlining these club shows every night because it's just like a DJ fucking party, which is awesome. Fuck, I love Melvin. I love the Melvinator stuff. His shit just came out on Bottles to the Ground as well. And um, Get Dead's going to be the doing Get Dead set as well as being the Codependence backing band for oh, nice. playing on a bunch of stuff. So that's what's kind of cool about having the the Get Dead Codependence stuff because it's like it's just adding. And we have also on that tour, I think we have Baz, the Frenchman, who did the orchestration for the Decline. Um, he was the first dude that me and Chesky went to his house and started recording the codependent stuff. Nice. So he like, and he's still involved very heavily with, um, all the recording of it and helping write. And, um, he's a crazy, crazy musician, a phenomenal drummer. Uh, yeah. he played at the Vegas show and went fucking off. It was so fucking tight, but <laughs> But it's cool, but he'll be on that tour as well, and he'll be doing all the, um, for the codependent stuff. Get Dead will be being the full band, and then he'll do all the samples, beat machine, um, chords, and of course, what, like, special guests like Stacey D coming out to do some shit when we play with Backhop, Backhop. Because there's a lot of the um, the No Effects Farewell Tour shows, the festival shows, 
where it's get dead and codependence. Yeah. What's interesting to do because it's double time, but codependence is like is a little more mellow for me to do. It's more yeah. singing, whereas like a get dead set is, you know, I could I could easily do a codependent set and then a get dead set, but I don't know if I could do like a get dead set and then a codependent set. Yeah. It's just a bit get, more draining. The get dead set is just, it just fucks me up. It's just like you know I can make it to the from stage to like the merch tent, which I try to do. I'll sit like right right after we play, go to the merch tent for an hour, and then when that's done, I'm normally like in the van trying to put on dry clothes and going to sleep because yeah. it's drink, you know, yeah. and it's never. Well, the trust, one thing about never, your your particular uh, performance during a live show is you are hype the whole time. I mean, it's not like you're ever like for any one second, like, all right, let's take it down a notch. Let's like do something. But like you, for anybody who's never seen get dead live, uh, you have to see them first of all, but your eyes always roll back in your head. You'll be singing and it looks like you're actually dead. I don't know if that has any relation to the actual band name or not, but it's like, get that, get on that level, get with Sam on that level to where you're like fucking rocking so hard that your eyes are rolling in the back of your head. Yeah. I don't, I just, I, I've always done that fucking since I was a kid. Like even like skating, like before I would like go try to do a trick or something. It's just like that's how I just like think, I guess. It's yeah. just like, I don't know. and so it's like it's me in the moment, but it's also me like trying to remember my lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, I don't think that anybody should. I mean, I don't personally fuck with any band that like the band isn't sweating by the end of the first song. Yeah. You know I and mean? like I don't, I mean, I don't care if you've been doing it for 30, 40 years, dude. Don't be. Don't be fucking, don't be coming at me with that, with that fucking lounge act fucking. It's like, if you don't believe what the fuck you're saying, I'm not going to believe what the fuck you're saying. And if I don't believe what you're saying, then that means I'm at some bullshit rally. And if I'm at some bullshit rally, I'm wasting my time. Yeah. So I'll be, I'll be at the bar being a menace over yeah. that shit. <laughs> Awesome. I could keep talking to you all day, but uh, I know we'll have a further conversation at some point or other, other, other times, yeah, but whatever. I mean, the Punk Rock Museum in Vegas has opened up now. And yep. anybody that's listening to this, come to Las Vegas, check it out. They're doing guided tours. We just had Louis Seidel from Suicidal Tendencies. He was just here at the crib last night. But he was, he's was he been giving tours. About Mike's down there giving tours. They have a, um, a whole website with um, a whole schedule of tours. They have, like, you know, they, they're going to have uh, Tim Armstrong's coming to do some tours. Yeah, you can go on the website, sign up, check it out. Fucking Punk Rock Museum. Well, I, I know even like people like Nubs, who I've met a couple times here in Vegas, and she's moved here. She's doing tours. She's involved with the museum. So, you know, it's like everybody yeah. that that yeah, they got every, they got a, they got a, they have a wedding chapel. Yeah, they have a, they have the fucking they have the triple rock bar down in the bottom, dude. Fully fucking stock bar. They have a wake service that you can do for if the homie dies. They have a tattoo shop in there just in case you do it. They have everything in there you can fucking touch and you can feel. This isn't on some, you know, hard rock casino shit. They have a full jam room in there. You can go play motherfucking germs guitar if you want. You never know who the fuck you're going to see there. I was just there yesterday or two days ago when they did the opening. Fucking Flea was walking around. Yep. Yep. Fucking Flea. I was like, that's motherfucking Flea. I just watched (laughs) him in a movie called Babylon, which is a crazy movie. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. That's the one with Brad Pitt, right? The the new one? Yeah. It's crazy. First five minutes, an elephant shits on like six people. <laughs> That'll keep your attention. It's like, all right, you yeah. got you got me. I'm hooked. <laughs> right, that, that, could be, that could be your clickbait for this episode. In the first yeah. episode, 
<laughs> awesome. So I, the only last question I have for you is what new music would you recommend people check out right now other than Codefendants or anything from Get Dead? Oh, what have I been fucking with? I have been, um, I mean, Chesky's, I mean, I know he's codependent, but I really fuck with Chesky's stuff. Um, Chesky's album that he just came out with, uh, this could, this guitar was stolen along with the years of our lives is just, it's beautiful. And, um, there's, there's some songs on there that, um, we were actually going to be on the codependence album that we just didn't hash out that he ended up like making very beautiful and putting on that album, like long shot, check out, um, the song 2020 from Chesky okay. and Long are both um, done. The animation, everything is done by our friend Morgan's brother is his name. And um, it's 2020, 2020 will make you fucking cry. It's, it's that good. And uh, other than that, like new, new hip hop shit that I've been listening to that's sick is uh, I was this guy prof and he just came out with an album out of nowhere with uh, method man. Okay. So uh, Method Man is doing some shit. That was sick. I've been listening to a lot of uh, Oliver Tree lately. I think that okay. he like writes really good fucking pop songs, you know, and like his whole aesthetic is fucking super good. And then on my indie shit right now, I'm listening to um, a lot of like fucking like Surf Curse. Okay. Is yeah, they actually, now. I think they're playing in Vegas today or yesterday. So yeah. Uh, yeah. No, hey, bro. Fucking. Yeah. So I'll, I hope it's today. Because um, I would definitely check them out. Surfers or. Uh, fuck, who's the other guy? There was a dope one that was. Uh, Actually, uh, you know what? I, I think I'm mixing it with another band. I think it's Couch Surf, not Surfers. My bad. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I know it's Surfers too. I just think I saw the flyer and I thought for some reason it was Surfers, but I think it's Couch Surf. So negate that. Surfers is great, man. That Them and a Goth Babe. And uh, fuck, there's one more, but I can't think of the name of it. But it was on some like tame and polish shit, but okay. not tame. But I don't know. I like, I'm all over the place with the music stuff. I've been listening to a lot of AJJ. Okay. Uh, yep. You know, fuck they're man. actually going here in Vegas for uh, when we were young fest, I believe. Or yeah, yeah when we were young fest later this yeah. year. So AJJ? yeah, they're like one of the little tiny bands in the corner of the flyer. <laughs> Dude. We, Get Dead went on tour with them. We did a whole West Coast tour, and I wasn't familiar with their music. And we like first show was like in Reading, and it was a, it was a pizza place. But the pizza place held like three hundred people, and like wow. when I showed up, there was like a line out the door. I was like, "Yeah, I know this shit ain't for Get Dead." <laughs> <laughs> we don't know anybody here. <laughs> what the fuck is this? And then AJJ played. And it's just like there's such fucking great songwriters and good dudes, skaters and. Check them out, man. Andrew Jihad Jackson. Or in mountains. There's a lot of mountain goats. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit of a folky kind of band, too. Yeah, they're on some they're on some shit, man. That's a it's another dude that I really respect as like a songwriter. Cause he just, you know, I mean a lot of it's written like in he's like the type of writer that writes in like essay form. Yep. You know, it's there's definitely, you know, a couple types of writers. One's like where it's a first person account. And then some people are really good at like a lot of like Japanese folk artists and shit. They have like 
songs about like the saucer they use to put milk in yeah for their <laughs> you know like whole albums about the saucer because yeah. they can just feel an emotional thing and like describe it this so, one little act causes them to reflect on some other stuff exactly dude. Yeah. It's, just, it's, <laughs> it's very micro and macro at the same time yeah very cool. I'll definitely put all those links to all the musicians and stuff that we've just talked about oh, in the show notes. Oh, shit. Okay, then. Eh, 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 eh. <laughs> yeah, and uh, if they get any residuals, they have to pay you. Like, it's a referral, right? Affiliate. affiliate yeah, no, I, don't, I, don't, I don't need any, uh, I don't need any uh, currency. I'll just take <laughs> I'll take some drink tickets. Leave me drink. All those bands I mentioned, if you're playing at an establishment and this brings any kind of success to you, which it won't, it's only going to bring down your stuff. But you can leave a drink ticket in care of Sam King. Just everywhere you go, just leave an envelope in care of Sam King, two drink tickets. Anybody watching watching this, if you're at a a punk or a hip-hop venue anywhere in the world and you see this, leave me me a couple bucks, bro. (laughs) A couple bucks. I deserve it. I'm getting skinny. <laughs> Hell. Awesome. Well, I, I do want to thank you so much for taking the time today. And, and we went well over the allotted time that I had scheduled, but I could, I literally could sit here and listen to this and talk to you forever because it's fucking fantastic. And hopefully when I said that you're one of the most interesting people at the beginning of the show, that people now realize that I wasn't wrong and I wasn't lying because it was great fun. And regardless of what the two ex-wives will ever say about you, you're, you've been a fucking great guest, Sam. They're phenomenal ladies. I love them. <laughs> and hey, thank you very much, Isaac. I appreciate you taking the time, man. And uh, hit me up. You've got my number and stuff. So talk to the wife about the Punk Rock Museum. And we'll see you out there, brothers. Be safe. Sounds good. And guys, make sure to check out the show notes below this episode to get the links to the music, social media for Get Dead, Co-Defendants, and pretty much anybody else that we've mentioned in the shows today. Um, remember, the Powered by, Rock is, uh, Powered by Rock podcast is powered by our listeners. To show us some support, please be sure to subscribe and share the podcast on social media. If you're only listening to this podcast, you can go check out the full video so you can see Sam, you know, drinking his twisted tea and smoking his blunt on, on air. <laughs> and you can see that on YouTube and Spotify channels now. Also, if you like reading, you can go check out some of our awesome content or shop our merch and gear. Head to PoweredByRock.com to see what's good there. That's our show for today. I'll see you soon for the next episode. Until then, rock on. <laughs>